0: A couple cool things have happened since I've seen you last. I just had my 20th anniversary on Christ the King staff, and uh, yes, thank you, and um, they got me this little um, iPad thing, so I'm trying it out. I'm, uh, you know, like I said, uh, it's new to me. I, I got to take my family down to Kenya. Actually, CTK supports some work down there, a children's home and a children's school, and and uh, they got me this before I did uh, 20 hours of preaching at a uh, pastor's conference down there, and uh, it was some somewhat helpful. But I was hanging out with the cool kids uh, before the service, and you know who the cool kids are—all the tech people in the back there. And uh, you know they're—they're they're just uh, te- the the tech people are awesome here and and everywhere. Actually, if you serve anywhere, you're one of the cool kids. But. They're back there and they're talking about language and lingo and, uh, you know, a lot of the words that that kids are using nowadays and the difference between Gen X and Millennials and Gen Z and sometimes someone uses a phrase that you have to look up and, like, what does that mean? And, and, uh, you know, we're all kind of learning in this new digital technical age, new words, new language and stuff. Well, the reason I share that is as they were talking, I was thinking, you know, it was like that for me. When I started going to church I did not grow up in church and I don't know if this is your experience, but I want to give you permission That if you hear a phrase and you're like, what does that mean to be able to say? What does that mean? Right, like we are Really working to be an authentic Christian community. We are working to be highly relational We are working to be simple not because uh, we, we, we want to dumb down the things of God. We believe so much that the unchanging person of Jesus and the unchanging truths of God are so incredible that we want them to be accessible to every person. People who are highly educated or non-educated, people who, who speak this language or this language, we believe the truths of God are for all people, and today I'm going to be talking a little bit about a word that I think was just totally misunderstood when I came into this thing we know as a church family, and so that just kind of sets that up a little bit as uh, as we get going. We've been going through uh, a series on the Psalms, and uh, this is week six. Um, And and I love the the soundtracks for life. I think that is a great great title for the psalms And uh, so we're looking specifically today at psalm 51 and uh, the title is the great Invitation and if you're familiar with that psalm, you might be going I don't know what i'm being invited to there, but but that's what we get to talk about today I want you to imagine if you could a place that you could walk into if you broke something. And if you're like me, maybe you break things all the time. I'm uh, a little big and might be a little bit clumsy, but it's okay. My wife loves me, and uh, Jesus loves me, and I'm good. My kids call me dad. so uh, But they make fun of how much food I spill on my shirt, and I need extra laundry help. Um, and accidentally, every now and then, I might break something or break. You know, move something that wasn't meant to be moved because I can. And, um, but when I was younger, I had, uh, I didn't grow up without a dad, but I had a few friends who had dads who had these garages or basements. Have you been into one of these garages or basements where you go in and you're like, I have this thing that needs to be fixed? And they're like, I got, I got just the thing. And uh, I want you to imagine a place that you could go where no matter what the problem is, you walk into this like workshop, whether it's a car that broke down or something at the home or some technical little thingy bobber, and you just go in and you know without a doubt that that problem will be fixed. Can you imagine such a place? And more than that, I would like you to imagine the person that would come up to you and see that there's a problem. And not be like, Derek, you're so dumb, you broke that thing again. You know, you're 200 and whatever pounds and you just need to settle down. Um, But someone who says, oh, I've seen this before, we can fix this. Someone who would, who would, meet you at the source of the problem and get in there with you and not only fix it and hand it back but show you how you can work together to fix it and learn how maybe it it won't break again chances are if it's me i'm gonna break it again and have to go back and go back and go back you know super glue only holds so well but i'm talking a workshop where something could get fixed And it's fixed well, obviously if you've been hanging around church for any length of time, you know Or you should know that jesus is the master craftsman The workshop that he has given us is 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 earth and we go around making messes But specifically there is a place that we can go Directly to him where he will take whatever mess we've made and he will make it right Anything we need fixed He can fix. There is no problem facing you that Jesus will either fix or walk you through. He's either going to fix it or he's going to walk with you in it. That is our Jesus. That is our master craftsman. And our issue is often we avoid the workshop. Often we avoid the opportunity to just go directly to him and I don't know if it's that we're just Toddlers forever. We're like mine mine mine. I can fix it. I know how to do it Um, or what it is that is so stunted in parts of us A friend of mine says if something's wrong don't add to that wrong by delaying it go directly to the one who can fix it and sometimes we uh we create a problem or we see a problem and rather than go to Jesus and ask how that problem how our problem or the problem of others can be fixed ask for the grace for ourselves or the grace for others we just we hide behind our opinion or our rightness or our preference and I will tell you preference is one of the greatest barriers to discipleship because we hide behind what we know instead of going to the one who knows everything is it because we think we can figure it out on our own? Or are we just ashamed? Sometimes we're ashamed to get God's help. And if you sin, don't add to that sin by adding separation. Go directly to the one who can deal with it. And that is what we get to see in Psalm 51. Last time I was uh, here speaking, I, I told you about this word. I mentioned it briefly, that, that the word that I think that is the most misunderstood word of the bible is this repent and the reason i think that it's so misunderstood is because it comes with baggage and shame instead of this idea that oh this is this invitation to come into the workshop of course on my own i'll mess it up i'll break it i'll make it wrong i will do things my own way it makes all the sense in the world as someone who is separated from god that i will make mistakes but But if I have an opportunity to be connected to him and to make it right, why won't I take that instantly? And this is the invitation that we see in this word, repent. So what would your life look like? What would it look like if no matter what happened to you, whether it was in person or or the way that someone talked about you online, what if no matter what happened to you, no matter what you stepped in or who stepped on you, You knew that there was a place that you could go to make everything right. And do we understand the incredible opportunity that we have in Jesus to not only be with him forever, but to be with him now? And what he can do in and through us to repair and heal us so that we are advertising to the world of his reality? That is what he invites us to in this word. If you knew that there was a person and a place you could go to deal with all your problems, would you go? And and, and how soon would you go? Would you schedule it a few weeks from now? You know, sometimes uh, this isn't church. This is a church service. We are the church. And whether you're here or not, whether you're online or in person, you are the church because you're the family of God. But sometimes we stay away from the rest of the family, and sometimes we stay away from services because we know what we've done. Or we know what others have done to us And sometimes it's just easier To sit back and deal with it On our own time than to face things Immediately and this psalm Is an invitation To deal with things right away so that we are Not extending hurt That doesn't need it to be extended and, Or extending sin that doesn't Need to be extended So specifically We see that that psalm 51 Is an invitation to understand God We want to understand God better and isn't that one of the reasons that we're here We want to worship him and it's in the worship of him. We actually get to see more of him We want to understand him rightly and it is in in seeking him and seeing part of him that we understand More of who he is rightly but but part of this invitation is an invitation to see and understand God rightly we want to understand the problem because often we think we know what the problem is but there is a bigger underlying problem or often we think that we we know what what the hurt and what the damage is but but there's a deeper underlying hurt or damage and, and God wants to heal us completely Wants to fix us completely Doesn't want to just super glue it so, it so it breaks again and again and again He wants to get into the very fabric of our lives And rework it so it's, it's stronger And a scar is often stronger than it, than, it, than, it, than, it was, than it was before the wound existed And that is our God So we want to understand God We want to rightly see the problem But we also want to understand his solution and I said his emphatically and intentionally his solution Right, we have seen a year and a half of the world shouting at us their solution And their solution is exhausting their solution is divisive their solution is opinionated their solution is full of fear Their solution is temporal, and we have to understand that his solution is right and eternal and wise and not divisive but uniting. You see, Jesus has a plan for humanity and a plan for his kingdom and a plan for us and the way that we are to live and operate in this world and a way that our life in this world reflects his eternal world. And we don't we we don't have an ability on our own to do that on our own and none of us are smart enough to figure that out on our own So we want to understand God better. We want to understand what the real problem is We want to understand his solution and actually after we get that right We see that there is a response There is a right response to those who have seen God rightly and responded to him rightly there is a right response to those who have seen and own and step in and take responsibility for a problem rightly, and those who have seen his solution and accepted and lived in his solution. So there is a a principle, and it is this. How we respond to sin, and I'd even say shortcoming and, and difficulties, how we respond to sin reveals how we understand God. When we see our own sin, When we see the sin of others When we see our own brokenness When we see the brokenness of others How we respond to sin and brokenness Reveals how we Understand God Jesus teaches a parable Of a man who begs to have His debts forgiven only to be harsh With a person who owes comparably very little And we don't receive forgiveness To act harshly towards others When we receive forgiveness We're then to be Patient towards others. Now I'm a bit of a uh, social media nut, and um, I'm kind of on all the things. I've got the teenagers, and they're on all the things, and I want to make sure that all the things are 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 not too far off, so that we can kind of find the right balance between what is reality and 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 honestly help navigate and shepherd as a pastor. Our 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 digital testimony. I don't know if you've ever thought of that Like what's my testimony and you kind of learn how to share your story in a few minutes And if you're trapped in an elevator, how would you share your story with others? And uh, if you're alone on an island with somebody, what are you going to tell them about God? Well, have you ever thought that you have a digital testimony that when you're online your online presence is revealing What you understand about God? Do you understand that you have been forgiven so that you can forgive others? Or do you think that God handed you a, a, a pair of digital boxing gloves and your job as a believer is to punch out anyone who doesn't <laughs> believe what you believe, right? See, the reason I'm fascinated with this is because I see people who show up very nicely dressed and very kind on Sundays. Who aren't that kind in the digital world, right? You have a digital testimony and I think it's very important that we understand That we have to extend what we receive or else we haven't really received it. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? When we understand the character And nature of god we deal with our own stuff appropriately When we understand god's heart we are gracious towards others appropriately. When we understand that there is a process in this thing called life when we understand that we didn't run immediately into the workshop of God with all of our mistakes we took time we did it in our own way and God was gracious when we were ready to To accept us and to help us when we were finally ready for help, we can't assume that others are not in the same type of process. So when we realize that we've been in a process, we can extend the understanding of process to others because we're made in the image of God. Here's the thing I think we need to understand. It's because we're made in the image of God that that we have such a desire for justice. And righteousness, You know that? When that something wells up in you and you're like, that's just not right, I can't believe they're doing that, or I can't believe that that thing exists in the world, or that thing makes me so angry, it's because you were made in the image of God, and God has a heart for justice, and God wants to make things right in the world. But where we get things out of order is when we step in and try to be the Holy Spirit or try to do God's job rather than understand that God is already working in that situation. And our job is to be patient and to be prayerful and to join Him in His process, not to create a bigger problem. Everybody's like, oh yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, that's good. Um, We each need God to teach us. And God is patient with us and God will lead us and teach us through our own failures But he'll also teach us more of who he is as we see and are patient in the failures of others So the background of this psalm before we actually get to the psalm is is this story of this guy who had everything And uh, I don't know who you think of when you think of like who's somebody that has everything and um, I mean like all the cars all the houses all the things And uh, then there's another guy who lives pretty humbly and he doesn't have much But he has one thing that he loves and that's his wife And the guy that has everything decides that what he has is not enough And so while the guy who 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 lives pretty humbly is out at work He's checking out this guy's wife And then and then he invites her over And then adult things happen And um, I'm gonna leave it there. That's that's it and um, And all of a sudden he feels like he has to do something about it So instead of owning up to the fact that he crossed the line and he was he was uh, Committing adultery. He took it up a level and he arranged for the murder of this man And this man ultimately died This faithful man uh, came back tried to murder him one way and that didn't work. So he lined up something else This man ultimately died. And that is the setting that we're getting at today. And why is that important? It's important to know that that level of sin can be forgiven. Now, that level of sin is no way, in no way, to create license. And what I mean in that is you think, oh, well, if that person did that, then I can do this and this and this and this, and then God will forgive me. Any sin committed, assuming grace, is is a total misunderstanding of grace and any sin committed uh, expecting God to work in a certain way at the end of that sin is manipulating God and if, if this guy who was awful did anything right he wasn't trying to manipulate the hand of God he was just being ridiculously selfish and ridiculously sinful and that's where it starts today oh that's a great story Derek that's a great story And if you've been around the church world for long, you know that this wasn't just a man. This was a king. And it wasn't just a king. It was the king over God's chosen people. And why is that important? Because we can never get uh, so lofty that we become unaware of the own sin in our own lives. We can't say, look at me. I'm a small group leader. Look at me. I'm one of the cool kids in the tech group. What's up? Uh, All of us All of us From the young to the old are susceptible to this thing called sin It doesn't go away because you accepted jesus when you were younger Temptation is always knocking at your door And 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 it's trying to find a way in and you know why temptation is tempting Because you want that temptation Temptation's not there is not a person here that is being tempted to eat this carpet right now Right. It's not a tempting thing unless that just unless you're really like interested in eating weird things. I've seen that in videos of that. And that's interesting. But please don't eat this carpet. Um, It was paid for by faithful people here. uh, CTK Ferndale. And uh, we'd like it to say no. But what I mean is, but when something that you want is tempting, we justify it because like, well, temptation made me do it. Or but that thing or God will understand or other people or something like this. This person found themselves tempted and did something horrible. And that's where we find ourselves. And in uh, 2 Samuel 12, um, there's a prophet. So a man who is uh, uh, responsible for calling people to the centrality of God in their community. And and, and even takes time to listen to God and hear hear unique things comes in to uh, this person. And says hey there's a story There were two rich men This is uh, 2 Samuel 12 For those that are reading along at home Uh, So the Lord sent Nathan the prophet To tell David this story There were two men in a certain town One was rich one was poor The rich man owned a great many sheep and cattle The poor man owned nothing but one little lamb And he bought it He raised the little lamb and it grew up with his children It ate from the man's own plate And drank from his cup he cuddled it in his arms like a baby daughter. He started an Instagram for this little lamb got and got a lot of follows. People loved it. One day, a guest arrived at the home of the rich man. But instead of killing an animal from his own flock or herd, he took the poor man's Instagram lamb and killed it and prepared it for his guests. That account was shut down immediately. David was furious. As surely as the Lord lives, he vowed, any man who would do such a thing deserves to die. He must repay four lambs for the poor man and the one he stole for having no pity. Then Nathan said to David, you are that man. The Lord, the God of Israel says, I anointed you king of Israel and saved you from the power of Saul. I gave you the master's house. And, and, and if that had not been enough, I would have given you much more. Why then have you despised the word of the Lord and done this horrible deed? For you have murdered your neighbor with the sword. And from this time on, your family will live by the sword because you've despised in taking your neighbor's wife to be your own. You see, um, the king uh, wasn't an exception. The highest authority did not give him permission to do whatever he wanted, and God saw him out. And I need to tell you that one of the greatest gifts for you with your sin is that you get found out. Did you know that? Did you know that that's a gift? Do you know that that there is a quick way and a longer way? There's a hard way and an easier way to get found out. Um, The hard way And 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 usually the longer way is you don't tell anyone Until all of a sudden it comes forth and it does a lot of damage To you and those you love Um, The quick way Is to have short accounts With people that you know that are friends And before sin even happens you share temptation with each other i'm kind of being tempted about this and then we pray for each other so that they we may be healed that's actually how it's to work in biblical community hey you know what I've I've been seeing this thing and I've been thinking that maybe I'd compromise on that oh man let's pray I've been seeing this person and I know that they're not the right person for me but I've been thinking that maybe okay let's pray that is the quick way that is the healthy way that shortcuts a lot of pain and a lot of damage The hard way is when we think either no one will find me out or i'm okay or god understands and god while he is an understanding god does not make exceptions for anyone for you for me for the king of his people right and so here he is found out and it was a gracious thing and now we get to our psalm our psalm is an opportunity where this guy could say oh i i didn't do that he could lie he could, he could justify, well, it was mine, it's within my kingdom, and everything in the kingdom is mine, but he didn't. He understood and said instantly, I've sinned against God. And I wonder how much like conviction we have around the holiness of Because we make a big deal about how approachable he is and he's just my best friend and I love Jesus. And and this was one of the phrases when I came into church and everybody's like, oh, Jesus is my best friend. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't even get that concept. I don't even know who this Jesus is, let alone how I could, could be friends with him. But there is this casual nature to Jesus that sometimes disrupts the holy nature of our triune, incredible Unending, holy awesome God and father God will not be deceived right he doesn't say oh you know my homeboy Jesus you're good sin is sin and God is holy and so there is something about encountering the holiness of God that is freeing to us because in his presence we see all the things that are just not quite and we can justify those things or we can say, God, here they are. I lay everything at your feet. That's another phrase. I lay everything at the feet of Jesus. What are you talking about? What does that mean? Ask people. Let's talk. Let's engage. Let's be a biblical community. But, but to say, God, everything I have is yours is an incredible thing. It's actually freedom. And one of the confusing things about freedom and slavery is we actually confuse the two. We think That freedom is doing whatever we want, but doing whatever you want is actually slavery because you see you're a slave to your impulses You're a slave to your desire. You're a slave to your preferences You're a slave to your self-centered reality and you are missing what it means to be free in the personhood and fullness of Jesus You see when we surrender and, and make our, our, ourselves completely his, it feels, we think, on the front end, restrictive, but on the back end is the most freeing thing ever. Everything is yours, Jesus. Everything is yours. And in this, at, at least David had enough of a relationship to know, oh my goodness, I have sinned against heaven and earth. I have sinned against God. And he goes and he prays for seven days because there is there's going to be a consequence and he doesn't change that consequence he can't change God's mind on this one but he seeks the face of God and in, in, in this time this, this psalm is written this invitation and again I don't want us to go and, and compare our sin against his I don't want us to get in a comparison thing any, any uh, attempt to go and do things your own way and not God's way is sin no matter how devious it is Right? You can be a very good moral person Completely separated from God You can, you can attend church every week you can, you can look really good But your heart is yours And God knows and you know And until we submit and surrender To what God is calling us to do We'll miss the invitation that's happening And so here he is Verse 1 he says Have mercy on me O God According to your unfailing love I said the first thing that we would want is, is an understanding of who God is and he understands that God is a God of unfailing love he understands that God is a merciful God do you understand that because if you understand that then there's no excuse for shame when you've done something wrong you understand that God is a God who will extend mercy God is a God that will show you unfailing love does it mean that he will dismiss what you did no Does it mean that he will remove your consequences? No, but it does mean that he will be with you and he will respond accordingly. And David prays, according to your great compassion, I know that you are a God of great compassion. Do you know God is a compassionate God? Blot out my transgressions. So basically, would you remove my mistakes? Would you remove uh, the things that I've done? Wash away verse 2 my iniquity, my brokenness, and cleanse me from my sin. So to understand God rightly is to know that He is merciful and loving and that He is compassionate and that He is able. And if we don't understand that, we're not going into the workshop. And see, that's the thing that kept me away from God so long is I had projected things on God that were untrue of Him. Or culturally, I'd seen or understood that God was so uppity-uppity and that he was going to throw lightning bolts if I admitted what I'd done wrong instead of understand that he wants me to be aware of my sin and then he can uh, deal with it appropriately. So we need to understand who God is, but we also need to understand what our problem is. Verse 3, understanding our problem. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right. God, you're right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in the secret place. So we start seeing that, that David is not Saying the devil made me do it He's not blaming situation He said it's in me Surely I'm evil I was born in, into this world And that's what it means born into sin I was born into a, a world of brokenness And I need the redemption That only you can Provide But we also need to understand The solution And we see this in verse 7 Cleanse me Lord And here it says with hyssop uh, which is a it's a shrub, or um, uh, they they would use it in ceremonial cleansing. Um, it had had a little bit of an aroma to it, um, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. What is the solution that God would would crush? And then release the crushing. That God would cleanse and then show us uh, as, as having been cleansed. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquity. Blot out the things that I've done. I am owning it. I am fully owning it, God, but I want you to take it from me because I can't live in this cycle of sin any longer. Create in me a pure heart, O God. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Um, here's something interesting. If you look at the chapter before, uh, in chapter 11 of Second Samuel, it has this phrase, it says, when other, things, when other kings were out to war. So, David was a king, and it's basically saying, if he was out doing what he was supposed to be doing, he wouldn't be at the situation that he was supposed to be in. And you know, I, I, I wonder, how much of our mistakes are because we're just at the wrong place at the wrong time? Now, God can go with you anywhere, Uh, God is with you anywhere But you know what you know what it is to get a little too close to that thing that you probably shouldn't be too close to And here's the other reason we need great friendships is we need to share that Um, my father was an alcoholic and I don't drink not because i'm a christian, but because I don't know what's in me in regards to that Um, so I just stay away from that And I don't have a problem if other people drink uh, within limits. Please don't drink and drive um, but I I uh, I, I've just learned to stay away from it because it was a problem for my father. And I don't know what's hereditary. I have enough problems in my own life without adding problems to my problems. But I have people that I know and, and that I love and that I can share stuff with. And we need to have people that we know and love and share stuff with. And sometimes we just need to stay away from the areas that uh, we might not need to be in. I had a friend who... who who would go and play pool. And um, I actually took my wife out to play pool for one of our first dates, and she whipped up on me, and I'm like, i got to marry this woman. And um, she's been whooping up on me ever since in pool. Um, Just kidding. So she's not here this morning, but hi, if you're watching online, I love you, sweetie. Um, but, but for him, when he went to play pool, it was sin it got him into some patterns and some ways of thinking and, um, and he just let us know I, 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 I can't go play pool with you guys it's, that's not where I need to be and we don't need to be legalistic about this we need to understand what are the barriers of our freedom and if you're walking in freedom stay within the bounds of freedom don't walk outside of freedom to get enslaved by something else that's what it means so if everyone else is sleeping maybe you should be sleeping when others are at work or school, maybe you should be where you're supposed to be at, right? Let's not do the things, but, but really closely, are we where we need to be in the presence of the Lord? Is, are we keeping short accounts? Are we spending good time with Him? Are we filled with His Spirit? And then we see the response, the right response in verse 13. Then I'll teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. You see our forgiveness is to model Forgiveness our access to God Is to show access to God Our healing is to show God's healing Um, I'm going to pray now And um, I'm going to ask That God would show Us more of who he is That he would help us understand Our problem And his solution and And then that we would be people of a right Response so will you pray with me God, I I, I want to thank you. Lord, there's something about an invitation to holiness and righteousness um, and right living that is simultaneously inspiring, but but also a little r- religious. I don't know, I don't know what that means. I don't know what I would have to let go, but God, I pray, Lord, that we would understand you rightly and we would want the freedom. That only you provide God I um, I don't know what problems are represented by people in this room but I tell people all the time sin is boring and I promise every person in this room whatever you've done you can come and tell God and God will yawn you have not committed a sin that he goes oh my gosh I've never seen that before or oh wow that that seems so exciting Every sin that you've committed is boring compared to the fullness of life in Jesus. But you'll never know that until you release it, submit it, surrender it. And you'll never walk in the fullness of Him until you keep short accounts and and stay away from the things that you shouldn't be caught up in. So I want you to not blame other people, but in this moment say, God, against you, you only have I sinned. And not the big stuff, in the slander, in the gossip in the in the dishonor are you honoring your parents are you honoring those around you the way that you should god takes that seriously honor is not about their uh, ability it's about god's supremacy and when we understand that he is lord over everything we just get to do what he says and there's freedom in that so god we want to understand who you are and we want to understand our problem but god then we see your solution and your solution is that you will wash us clean whiter than snow, that you'll remove God, not only our sin, but the, but the residue and the temptation to repeat it. God, would you help us build good friendships where we can be honest about where we're tempted? But God, would you wash us white as snow so that we could be people of a clear conscience? And God, would you then help us see that the result is being able to share freedom with other people who need to be free? And, and God, would We can't shortcut that. The reason evangelism is hurting right now is there are so few people experiencing fullness of life in you. It's hard to advertise what we've not received. So God, would you help us to live in that fullness? God, because we want to love Ferndale enough to see every person in this community know you in an incredible way. But God, that means it starts with us. So God, help us to see you rightly, to own our stuff, to trust you in the work that only you can do so we can be the women and men you've called us to be. We pray together in your name, Jesus.